We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Producer Cole Bebe lurking in the background as he does getting his Dexter Loomis on. Because today, to start the show, we are joined by Grab City Podcast own Phil Lindsay joining our show today because it's all pro wrestling. We're talking about AEW, WWE, NXT. Is that all that happened this weekend in pro wrestling? I no, think that's it, right? No, man. Look, I put out. I put out a poll. Like a little bit later, we'll discuss like each of those shows. <laughs> I put out a poll and said, "What was the most entertaining show of the weekend? NXT Worlds Collide, AEW All Out, WWE Clash at the Castle, or the AEW All Out Post Fight Media Scrum?" <laughs> the overwhelming winner was the AEW Post Fight Media Landslide. Because Punk went absolutely nuclear, torched Colt Cabana, Hangman Page, uh, the EVPs, which would be the elite. Yep. Uh, Swerve and Keith Lee had their way with the media as well. <laughs> that, that they did. And in the middle of that conversation, we see security take off, and there's a fight in the locker room, reportedly between the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, and Ace Steel, who's out here. Yo, Ace Steel, before we really get into it, and Phil, we're going to bring you in to talk about all this. Ace Steel showed up. Said fuck on live television. Yep. Smacked the biggest star in the company. Damn right. And then bit somebody. He's the MVP of the week. That's yo, any anybody bit bit an EVP. Anybody <laughs> who does this in any other business is a hero. Fuck it. That's how you gotta go out. Oh my if god. If you go out. If he keeps his job, he's a legend. He ain't keeping his job. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can't bite an EVP. Like Tom Warner. Really? Like, what are their EVPs? Well, like, we'll now, get to that. like we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. Let's bring Phil in. Phil, what's up? Phil's waiting to join the show. Phil's great to have you on, man. Um, long time coming. Long time coming. We, you know, we're huge fans of your pod, the Gravity Pod, and everything going on over there. So it's uh, it's great to have you on our show, especially this week, because when we asked you to come on, none of this had happened yet. <laughs> Uh, man, thanks for having me on, man. And definitely a long time coming. Um, before we started our podcast, I was a fan of what you guys do. So um, I, it's an honor to be here. Uh, 
man. We appreciate man, it. I promise you. What a crazy you. weekend. What a... <laughs> I promise you, if we ever go on your weekend. podcast, I will not bite anyone. Like, I will keep my teeth and my hands to myself. There will be no corner podcast, Grab City Beef. We cannot say the same about AEW. I don't need no more podcast beef, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no more. Yeah, there's plenty of that going around. Uh, listen, man, WrestleMania might look like this next year. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta chill out. You know, some some people hating on us. Like we're like, we're the EVPs. Uh, most mostly Phil though. Phil gets most of the the hate online. I don't know why you're such a good guy, Phil. So <laughs> I mean, listen, Phils are I, having a tough. I feel like it's crazy week. to call yourself a good guy. <laughs> Maybe like so, you know, I you know from one Phil to another. Phil Brooks, okay, CM Punk. Oh Lord, he is the talk yeah. of pro wrestling. Phil, what were your thoughts on the debacle that was CM Punk? Let's just start with his post-fight scrum. We're gonna work backwards yeah. on this show. Let's talk about what he said to the media after. Spoiler alert: He won the title back at All Out. Man, it's difficult because. There are conflicting emotions here. Um, a, I am a huge CM Punk fan. B, I am a like proud Chicagoan. So part of me um, was very excited for the match. I was excited when he won. Um, I was in the media scrum. So uh, when I came in and sat down and he came in and immediately started going off, because I don't think some people understand that part. I've seen where people think that somebody asked him a question and then he started flipping out. Um, he came in ready. He came in with the shits straight away. Hot fire. So, no, he came in. He came in guns are blazing right away. Uh, and uh, on the surface, it's hard for me to not say that it wasn't entertaining because some of it was extremely funny to me. But at the same time, it was very, very awkward. I, I have never been and oppressors that was that tense. Um, and I was looking around at other people's faces and it was, it was weird. Uh, by the time his, uh, his part of it was over and just sitting there watching Tony, it looked awkward, which by the way, uh, him sitting there saying all of that stuff, whether you agree with him or not. Uh, and Tony sitting next to him is a crazy visual. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's going to be one of those things that lasts forever. Um, I don't know how much to get into whether I feel like what he did was justified or not, because I do think it wasn't a time or place for it. Um, but I also understand what he was angry about. Um, this very much felt like his practice interview. Um, it very much felt like he was coming in there to say, I want a championship. I'm having a great comeback. I'm having one of the best years of my career. And we're st still talking about Cole Cabana. We're still talking about practice. I don't want to talk about Cole Cabana no more. He's not my friend. I don't know why we're talking about this anymore. And that part about it, I understood. But once you started going in on your coworkers and all the rest of that stuff, I was like, you could have left that part out. To be fair, he started talking about Cole Cabana. Like, he brought it up well, first. Well, to be fair, though, people have been asking him about Colt for a year. The night he, he debuted, somebody asked him that night. Um, and it's been a it's been an ongoing question for a year. The rumors about 
whether he got coke um, booted have been a thing for a while. He was trying to get ahead of a question that may or may not have came. Well, okay, so here's the thing, right? Let, let's 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 pocket this, and then we can kind of stretch it out because the Cole Cabana issue has been lingering for a long time. Sure. And let's just say you have your own personal beef with somebody. I don't believe, like, I feel like I have. There are some similarities that I have with Punk. If I don't like somebody, I don't like somebody, and that's kind of the <laughs> end of it, right? I don't care if you work there, just stay the fuck away from me. And I think at a certain point, you get tired of being asked the same questions about your coworker. Now, look, I've talked to Cole Cabana numerous cases. I've been on Cole's podcast. I'm not picking sides here. The only thing I know is that CM Punk doesn't like him. And, and whatever it is that have their history, and now people are starting to believe that Punk had something to do with him going to Ring of Honor. That's the frustrating part for Punk. The problem is, is when you start, when you go off without being asked, and it bleeds into other things, Let's just say he just talked about Cole Cabana. I don't think we'd be talking about this anymore. Yeah. It was once he started talking about the EVPs, being like children, <laughs> Hangman Page, because obviously, for those who didn't, haven't paid attention, Page kind of alluded to it yep. at the Double or Nothing, uh, the, the go-home show on Dynamite. People have been like using this for promo material and fueling it, so I get his frustration, but it has to stay with Cole Cabana, especially when these are your coworkers. Who hired you? We're talking about Cole Cabana like he's a normal coworker, right? Like, oh, I dislike my coworker. No, that they're synonymous at, at a point. CM Punk and Cole Cabana. That's like Jesus Miro not getting asked ever again about each other. Y'all were Jesus and Miro. Like Bert and Ernie splitting up. And you can't, yo, yo, Bert, what happened to Ernie? Y'all were just in the tub chilling. Right? Like, no, like, it's, it's like that. You are together. It's not a random coworker that you hate. Y'all were thick as thieves. Y'all were boys. And you could have answered these questions, if we're keeping it a buck, eight years ago. But you left WWE, the lawsuit happened, and you disappeared. So these questions aren't outdated. Well, how, wait, wait, no, 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 no. He can't ask those questions eight years ago because this lawsuit was just, this is recent. So in, while yeah. he's been gone, and, and on top of that, he didn't expect to go to a workplace where Colt was going to also be at. So now the, he knew that yeah. coming in, Colt but, was there. But what I'm saying is, yes, of course, you know that somebody that you dislike is now working at the company that you're working at. You're also the bigger star, right? So anything that happens to Colt, people are going to look at you. That's the frustrating because part. that was your boy. I, but I'm saying, you understand his frustration. I can understand that kind of frustration. This shit is like yeah. every '90s hood movie. Right? This is this is everything. This is this is juice. And like that this is him having his ace. This is this is that. Like that's who Coke Cabana is to you. So when you come back to the same place this man is at, they're going to ask you about him. Right, but you're gonna be frustrated. It's been a year. <laughs> a year is not enough. A, a year should be <laughs> a year well, is not enough. It it really isn't. Go ahead, Phil. Well, the, the thing is, and by the way, uh, Punk is absolutely the bird in that in that analogy. He's definitely the one that's tired of people eating cookies in a bread bed and tired of telling <laughs> Colt, like, look, keep that over there. Um, yo, I think the bigger issue to me is uh, because I follow Punk for a long time, whether it be through interviews, um, his character and stuff, um, 
I've picked up a lot of his quirks. And one of the things I've noticed with him right away is uh, he's the kind of guy when everything is going well, he's still mad about something that happened two months ago or three months ago. And if I had to guess, I would bet he's been mad about this cult thing for a while. Uh, and I feel like the fact that it keeps coming up just made him progressively more and more mad about it. The fact that the promo happened and um, from a, from a fan's perspective, it looks like uh, Hangman didn't do anything wrong. And at the same time, Punk is Punk. He's Bobby Brown in this situation. When you're Bobby Brown, you got to be Bobby now. Everybody's going to look at it like it's your fault. It doesn't matter if that's true or not. And I think he looked at it like, no, I'm tired of being blamed for stuff that other grown men have done and that have nothing to do with me. Talk to them. Stop asking me what is his deal and why he's demoted. Stop asking me what is Hangman's issue with me. I don't know what his issue is with me because he didn't tell me. I can agree with that to a level on the punk side of things, right? Because now we're unpacking this. And Phil alluded to this a little while ago. Time and place. And taking personal responsibility for that. And we're not even getting to what happens after this. Because even then, that's somewhat warranted in my eyes. Time and place here is you are sitting next to your boss. Like the, the top of the company. Talking shit. Popping big shit about the people right underneath him. Arguably the reason he is the boss. Calling them out to his face. He's looking all crazy. Like, yo, what am I supposed to say, right? You put him in a bad spot to your boss, airing out other bosses. Sooner or later, you just got to have common sense. And to me, CM Punk, even the WWE thing, and it makes him endearing, and that's cool, but it's kind of like he watched Stone Cold Steve Austin like in the late 90s, 2000s, and he was like, you know what? That's just a shoot. And like he lives his life like that. He was like, you know, I'm just going to take this forever. And sooner or later, it's like, yeah, you can't rail against your bosses. <laughs> like this, he, there's a specific part in that rant to the media where he says, and I quote, I'm trying to run a business. And did the exact opposite of what someone who's a businessman would do. That, mm. if there's anything to take personal responsibility for, that's it. Like you, that's not a business move. All right, so so <laughs> you're right, but here's the complicated thing. Let's talk about EVPs, right? Yeah. The executive vice president at Taco Bell doesn't make the burritos. And the reason why I say that is because the executive vice presidents work in the company, yeah. and they wrestle. Pro wrestling is the only industry where your boss takes a bump with you, right? Theoretically. Vince, Vince McMahon yes. took bumps. Vince McMahon did all these things. But he was, he was still the boss. Still the boss. These guys don't feel like the but boss. But this, this is, the, this is the, where the lines get blurred, right? So when Punk comes in and he's dealing with the elite, the, he looks at them as his peers and not his boss because your boss doesn't work in the same realm as you. They're supposed to be above you. So that's where it gets really complicated. And Phil, I'm going to throw this to you because I want to get your thoughts. Tony Khan has a decision to make. Tony Khan, can't, there's two ways to handle business. Either you're the boss and you're like the dictator above all or you're friends with the people that you work with. 
But now you have to deal with the consequences both ways. Sounds like parenting. It is. Are you friends with the kids or are you not? And you're a dick, right? Because yeah. that's what the kids think. Oh, the boss is a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think Tony kind of has to make a distinct decision here because he just watched one of his children lose his fucking mind and then they had a fight and you got to break it up. And now you're the one who has to levy whatever consequences there are because ultimately if the ship goes down, it's your ship. It ain't punk ship. It's not the buck ship. It's not hangman ship. They're partially part of the ship. But the funding of the ship, like when I had Tony on the show and I was like, hey, the one of the co-owners, he's like, I'm the owner. I am the owner. He made sure to put his nuts on the table when he told me that. I said, damn, Tony, all right, cool. But if you're the boss, you have to dole out punishment as the boss. It can't be any favoritism. There can't be anything else that you're going to do. So, Phil, I know we've heard, like, different rumors, and we'll start. We, you know, Meltzer's reported there's possibly an injury. Uh, there's Sean Ross Sapp has reported that people in the company want him to see Punk out of the company. In your opinion, what do you think Tony Khan should do? Obviously, this is all going to be a moot point because some of this may come out by the time this podcast comes out. But I, we all know Tony's in the tough spot. But what do you think he should do in this situation? Um. Well, I should also express that, um, again, I know that a lot of this is going to get thrown in Punk's lap, um, but a good deal of this is Tony's fault. Um, And that goes back to the cult stuff. I think that he should have came out sooner and said that Punk had nothing to do with that because you let that narrative live for way too long Mm -hmm. and it seeped into your locker room. And once people in the locker room start to believe it, then it seeped into your television show. And once it seeped into your television show, you still didn't correct it. You didn't correct it until last week. Um, and if then not. you can go into you you can go into letting people go into business for themselves that happened on three situations, and all three situations led to a physical altercation almost. Um, and you didn't address that until you had to have this locker room meeting last week. Um you let things, he let things get too far out of control before he stepped in. And then I still feel like he didn't handle it with a heavy enough hand. Uh, and to your point about the EVPs, uh, the problem as I see it is um, I'm sure people are going to say, well, Punk said pull up in the press conference, right? So they pulled up. But the problem with that is um, they are his bosses. You can't do that. Um, I don't care what I say as an employee. It's not right for him to do that. But you're in a position of power. You cannot do that. You can't just pull up to his locker room, the three of you, (laughs) and try to run up on dude. You can't do that. Um, And so I think he's going to take the brunt of the the punishment here because the story is, is that he threw the first punch. But it sets a very bad precedent when you can say that they essentially came to his locker room and provoked it. Now, I know what people are going to say. Well, he provoked them first because he started an oppressor. The other very unfortunate thing here is um, I, I feel like there's a, a stark difference between Punk for seven or eight months from August to be the beginning of this year before he got hurt and Punk when he came back from the injury. There was clearly a big difference when he came back. Um, He seemed almost paranoid when he came back. He seemed very uh, 
frustrated with situations, and that didn't seem like the case before he left. There were rumblings about him having issues with people, but it wasn't like this. Um, and again, that leads me to believe that something should have happened when he came back and someone should have sat down with him like, yo, are you okay? What's going on? How can we remedy this situation? Now, that's not to take responsibility off him, of course. He still handled things poorly. Everybody handled things poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think Tony's in a tough spot now because you have to punish t- Punk because he threw the first punch. But at the same time, you have to punish the elite as well because they were involved in the fight. You've got three people that are in a position of power that were involved in a physical altercation. I ask you this then, because I, I think everyone's to blame. So I'm not letting anybody off the hook here, right? So I'm asking at all angles. But this started a long time ago. I'll ask you, Tony punishing people, quote-unquote, isn't that against the fabric of what AEW is? What? These, what do you mean? Hear me out. They have EVPs, right? <laughs> These people, along with Cody Rhodes, ran a show, ROH helped them, ended up crushing ROH, whatever. Tony is the guy who had money. He brought in his money, so he was the de facto owner. But to them... This is why they didn't go to a WWE. This is why they wanted to start a company. It is their company. It is all elite wrestling. They are the elite. This is what yeah. they didn't want the authori- authoritative figure of a Vince McMahon-esque person. This is why I'm assuming, I'm just, I'm asking. Kenny Omega ran the women's division until it was taken away. These people book, people go out there and say whatever the hell they want in promos, go into business for themselves because they have that freedom. There's no authoritative figure above them, and that was the lore of Mm. AEW. I'll stop you right there. Tony Khan signs everybody. He releases everybody. Talent is his thing. Yes, Kenny Omega may book a women's division, but if if I own a franchise and appoint you as the manager, still the owner of the But these EVPs got you. No, no, no. You didn't get them. No, no, no. My money got this. So that means I am the owner. Y'all wouldn't have shit if it wasn't for my money. And my dad's long money, too. And they bounce. If he loses the EVP, say, say he picks punk. Okay. And they bounce. Yeah. The ship is sinking. No, it's not. You cannot lose the Bucks and Omega and no, 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 no. Cody Rhodes Hypoth- and everyone who started it. Hypothetically, company. you cannot, right? Hypothetically, we can assume that the ship would sink. Yes. But all the talent ain't leaving with them. The company still exists without him. Cody left. He, so I feel like Cody was the most expendable. But, 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 like, but I'm saying in terms of... All elite wrestling losing the elite seems like hit the panic button, break the glass. Uh, it's it's I, that, I, that First of all, that's not going to happen. I just wonder, can he punish them? You can yes, punish them. Yes, of course whatever. you can. Uh, of you course pay you, you can punish to. them. I pay you your to. bills. Oh, shit's going to get real weird. I, but I sign your checks. Your checks. You wouldn't sign something if I didn't bring this to you. It don't matter, dog. If you come, if you come to me with an idea and I buy that idea, it is my idea. I own this company. He's the owner of the company. Yes. So any Uh, punishments that I'm going to levy, they're up to me. I don't care what you do. You're going to get a you made hove. Okay, make another hove situation. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. That's not the same. Go go ahead, Phil. (sighs) Um, I used to watch the Joe Budden podcast a lot. 
it was great in its heyday. And one of the one of the best rants Joe went on is who's backing you, right? It's always important to know who's backing who. And we know who's backing the elite here. It's Tony Khan. It's yeah. his money that's fitting the bill. He's the owner of this thing. And because of that, he has to go in rooms and speak on the behalf of the elite that they don't have to necessarily be in. He has to be in rooms with people at Time Warner. And so if they say, I don't like how this is going, he has to respond accordingly and he has to punish somebody. That's how it goes. Uh, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it, it's like when anything is bought by anybody. Once something becomes corporate, yeah, it sucks. But they this set is where we are. up for the okie doke. That's not setting yourself up but for the okie doke. That's right? not, though. In order to be They on thought TV they were be... having a wrestling company. How do you think? We are starting wait, 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 our own company. company. And why then do you now think... it is someone why, else's company. Wait, hold company. on. Hold on. Why do you think they thought that? You're just assuming that. Well, they ran the first no, no, show no. literally just them, right? No, no, no. Like, but I'm saying. They put their a- name in the. AEW Wrestling is owned by Tony Khan. Who bought Ring of Honor? Not the elite. No, that's his. Okay. Who bought AEW? Tony Khan. It's his, it's his company, which he's front-facing. When Tony Khan comes in to do stuff, it's it's on him. What we're talking about right now is not like, are the Young Bucks going to punish CM Punk? No. Is Cody Rhodes? No. It's, it's Tony Khan. It's his company. We're talking about hierarchy here. Yes. And it's very obvious who the owner of the company is, which is why I'm saying. I'm asking at the beginning, at the beginning of all of this, was it as obvious as it has now turned into. Yes. You, yes. you called him a co-owner yes. when he came on this show. And he corrected me. Because in the beginning, it appeared that the EVPs and Tony were on equal standing. I think we're arguing nuts and bolts here, and I think it's very easy to say. I'm just saying he's he's. this is the latest case of him saying, I'm the owner, this is mine. Yeah. And it keeps well, going, and I think it's going to build a pressure Amongst those, I don't see it that way. Cody left. I, I, I would, <laughs> I would argue that it's not him coming out and saying he's the owner. I feel like the situation is forcing him to act like an owner. That's go. what's happening. Okay. There's too much going on that they can just go out there and wrestle, and they don't have to be accountable for. But like I said, he has to get in the room with Time Warner and other people, and he has to be accountable about for what's happening there. He has to deal with that. And yeah, they can say that we didn't expect him to have so much control of this or so much control of that. Okay, fine. Well, you do it then. And the answer to that is they're not going to, because they, again, they can, they can throw their hands up and wash their hands of it. Yeah. They're all expendable. So here's, here's a question. And I, I already know the answer to this for me. I just want to know Phil and Kel. Who's the biggest loser this week in AEW? Who was the biggest loser? Phil, you go first. Um, oh, that's tough to say in this situation or as a whole with the company. As a whole with the company. Um, as a whole with the company, I feel like the biggest loser here is potentially Tony Khan because um, you are looking at potentially, not even potentially, you're going to lose the biggest draw you have. Um, if you don't fire the guy, you have to suspend him. So he's going to be off TV for a while. Uh, and even if you take the suspension out of there, he's clearly, clearly the report is that he's injured. So he's going to miss time because of that. Um, we saw what their ratings were when Punk was away. We saw that uh, what he's done for their merch sales. We saw that he's brought them 
three of their biggest gates ever. Um, I don't think it's as simple as saying, okay, well, they'll be fine without Punk because you saw how much they benefited financially from him. And so I feel like he gambled. And, man, the the perception is going to be that he lost. He gambled on a guy that is extremely polarizing, and he got snake-bitten. Kill. I know the right answer to this question. I don't want to give the right answer to this question because I feel like there are a lot of losers in this situation, Um, Tony Khan included. But I I think, again, it's Tony's company. He's going to be fine. Uh, He sleeps on a bed of money if he likes. So that that guy is going to be A-OK. I would like to state the obvious that CM Punk is probably the biggest loser of the weekend. I'm not sure how contracts work in in regards to slapping your bosses or what can be voided and non-voided, um, but I'm sure they were praying, paying him handsomely. This is, you, you can say whatever you want about CM Punk. He was gone for a very long time. His return was a big deal. The deal. He put a lot of himself on the line to return. He was a cult hero forever. This was supposed to cement that. This is an ugly way to go out if this is how you go out. Now, people may look at you as a villain. Like, there's a lot of shit going. This is not how you want your legacy to end. CM Punk is the obvious choice. The right choice, which I feel no sympathy for, is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. There we go. (laughs) that, That is the correct answer. Because the ladder match was just catching fire, and they stopped the whole shit to have a new debut with a new big bad, Stokely there. You see the collective. Then you get to the end. You don't think the guys come back out. You just think there's a masked guy. You reveal. You have it be MJF. He walks out after Punk. And they have like a weird habit. Of like ending the show in like a weird way, right? Like so CM Punk celebrating and then MJF's music hits and you just look on his face and he's just like, this is the shittiest thing I ever gotta do. So CM Punk's in the ring just like dreading life. Probably pissed him off going to the press conference. And MJF there and <laughs> CM Punk is like, yo, I've been away this whole time. You let Moxie beat me in a squash match. I come back in my home city. I am the hero. I'm supposed to lights out, belts in the air. And this motherfucker closes the show. This guy who walked out, this guy closes the show? So MJF is standing there, should have made him look like a million bucks. And Punk was like, I'm, I'm going to get my night. <laughs> I'm going to get my headlines. Yeah. And yeah. he ended up being the talk of the town by hook or by crook. And Punk took it from him. <laughs> and you go from, hey, this table's pretty all right, let's see, to this shit could be retribution. In a quick second, because Punk killed the momentum. Yeah, the answer, the answer is MJF for this weekend because the MJF story was one of the biggest stories of him leaving the company. And he makes his big comeback in Chicago, gets a pop in Chicago, oh, yeah. and nobody's talking about it. It has become completely nothing. We had Samoa Joe come back. We had MJF come back. We had Luchasaurus turn heel again, whatever the fuck. But the MJF story was is now it's a, such a complicated position because do you just hand him the title 
do you, what do you do with him in this situation? Because he, oh my God, he still has the stupid chip. Exactly. So it can't even cash that in on nobody. We, we'll get into, like as we do the second half of the show, we'll we'll discuss more about like the booking and everything else. Phil, I want to ask you as we get ready to get out of here. The the atmosphere of All Out, right? A lot of people said it was the second best show of the weekend. Class of the Castle was first. We'll discuss our picks a little bit later. Does AEW have a problem with the length of their shows that they need to fix sooner than later? Uh, I don't think the length of the show is the issue. I think that in some cases, the placement of the matches and the uh, the time you're allotting to certain matches. Um, like, you have weird things. Like, you essentially turned the the Jungle Boy Christian thing into a squash. Um, but I'm also hearing that Christian's hurt, and that's why they did that. Uh, yeah, I just think that um, the the amount of time allotted and the length of the pay-per-views isn't as big of a deal if they aren't in such a weird situation as a company right now, if that makes sense. Because I feel like uh, we're at the point where the honeymoon phase with them is over, and the way that people look at them and the perception around the company has definitely changed over the last three weeks. Hundred percent. Yeah. One, one other thing, uh, Phil. I, I know you have the WWE marks that are in your mentions all the time, <laughs> so I'm going to ask this question because they're like, "It's over. AEW's finished. It's done." And I have to always I have to remind people, especially on this podcast. I don't. I don't know if you guys remember, but your tag team champions walked out on live television. I don't know if I have to remind y'all, but the CEO of your company got caught using company money to pay for his sexual exploits with women that were in the company. Yeah, it's all bad. It's not over for AEW. It's not over, but it doesn't look good. That that's it doesn't look good, but it's not over. It took WCW a long time to crumble. Well, they they were they they were, but the inmates. But this is what I was going to get to. The inmates were running the asylum. Yes. That's what killed WCW. Phil, do you see a potential issue that if Tony doesn't fix this, that the inmates running the asylum could eventually spell out the demise of AEW? Uh, I think that things are already out of control. And that's why I say that I feel like he waited too long to get a handle on certain things. Uh, there's no reason why the Hangman stuff in particular should have gotten that far. The stuff with... Uh, the Bucks and Kenny and Punk should have gotten this far. Um, everything got out of control. I mean, really, you could look at the stuff with Rosa, the fact that the stuff with Rosa got out of control. Um, uh, I think it all depends on how you divvy out punishment from here on. It's going to affect everything because if they fire Punk, I do think that's going to be a huge blow to the company. Uh, I think that he brought with him so much goodwill from certain parts of their core fan base that has been hoping for them to sign him since the company started. And I think for some of his more uh, devout fans that see him as this guy that does no wrong ever, uh, I think this is going to alienate them. Um, I think that people are going to look at the elite different uh, because the elite or were looked at as outsiders for a long time. They were looked at as fringe guys that were not the man. Um, and that goes to what Kel said. Now you're on the other side of the wall. You're you're in positions of power in the second biggest wrestling company in the world. Uh, 
no, you're not just one of the boys anymore. And I think this makes that clear. This whole situation makes that very clear if people haven't realized that. Uh, so I don't think that it's the immediate demise, but I do think it is going to start a domino effect. Uh, now, can they recover from that? I don't know. Anything is possible. We've seen others recover from crazier things, but uh, only having CM Punk for a year after taking such a big gamble, <sighs> that could potentially be a backbreaker. <laughs> Got to make Brian Danielson your champ ASAP. Yeah, put, think, the, put the belt on a likable guy. I don't think Danielson wants to be the champ. We'll I don't think so. Got to force him to do that. I don't think so either. Yeah, I think he's got a different <laughs> agenda that people are completely missing with Brian Danielson. Yeah, I mean, well, well, the the people on the other side are like they're misusing Brian Danielson. No, no, no. they're missing. He's, he's doing exactly what he wants. It's just yeah. You get, again, sometimes you got to break the glass and, and hit the button, and you got to go to Danielson and be like, yo. Let's write this. Let's write this ship. I understand it's not what you want to do, but you're the historically the most beloved guy we have left. You are our Hall of Famer. No disrespect to Chris Jericho, but we need yes movement, Daniel Bryan. Hey, okay, wait, Brian Danielson. Phil, we got to get you out of here, but this is a very simple question: Should Moxie just have won that match? Yes, because losers don't go to the post. <laughs> the post. <laughs> Press conference, right? Like, that's the easiest answer because CM Punk would have been mad, but he wouldn't have had a platform to speak. Well, here it is, Phil, and I'm going to ask you this because, yes, obviously, you know, Punk in Chicago is a big deal, but if Moxley wins, it legitimizes him again because he was the interim champion. And you, if you're Tony, you had to know something was up with Punk because you just mentioned this. Like, things weren't necessarily right. Maybe it wasn't the right move to put the title on Punk to begin with, coming off an injury. We just saw Punk versus MJF. Being disgruntled. Like, all those things. If Moxie's champ, he ain't got no problems. Boy. Phil? Uh, man, it's tough to answer that in retrospect. Because, again, this guy got you the three biggest gates of, your, of the history of this company. You don't get Forbidden Door in the United Center without Punk as champion. Uh, you don't get certain things that they were looking to do business-wise was just Mox's champion. Um, I like Mox a lot. I wouldn't have minded if he won, but I understand the business decision to put the belt back on CM Punk. Um, nobody knew that it was going to blow up in their face instantly. <laughs> That's why I'm like, it's tough to say it in retrospect. Um, but it was just like instant consequences. Not like a day later, instant. <laughs> Cold world. <laughs> That's That's how pro wrestling works. Phil, we appreciate you for taking time out and joining us. Please, real quick, plug everything. Let people know where they can find you, where they can find the podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at PhilDL616. And you can watch Grapsity on Fightful's YouTube channel every Saturday at noon. That's me, my co-host, Will Washington, and Righteous Reg. Yes, amazing show. Make sure you guys check it out. Hey, hey, when are y'all going to have me on the, on the show, man? Y'all playing games. Well, we were supposed to when we were out in Vegas, and it just kind of fell apart on us. That was, that was busy. But I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> that was different. Um, yeah, you, you sound like Emilio. Emilio, every time I talk to him, he's like, yo. <laughs> but you guys over all the time. You never have me on the show. <laughs> Got to get the old man and Sparks in the building. We yes, appreciate you. We definitely do. You guys don't go anywhere. We're coming back. We're going to dive into all the pro wrestling shows. Producer Cole Bebe is going to join us to do that. Recap everything. Be right back after this break. 
All right, just that quick, we are back. Shout out to Phil, the whole Grab City crew. Man, it's so good. Finally getting Phil on the show. We are just going to run through the lineup of the Grab City boys because they're like all so dope, great to talk to. It's nice having guests on during pro wrestling weeks. But what would a pro wrestling show be without producer Cole Baby coming in to talk about AEW eating <laughs> cupcake? <laughs> Oh, yes. where'd you get Hi, that guys. cupcake, Cole? <laughs> hey, hey, guys, you guys, you, hey, you guys are friends with Phil? <laughs> you guys are friends with Phil? You guys are friends with Grapsity? You guys friend with Will Washington, Righteous Reg? Is that, yeah. is that what's going on here? Yeah. Listen, yeah. Look at you. You guys don't need me anymore, huh? Okay. No. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, lawsuits are pending. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Don't get hit uh, with the DC. Are from... <laughs> CM Cole. These cupcakes are from Vons. It's a little grocery store right across the street. Thank you. <laughs> CM Cole is arrived. Yes. So... We dove into the CM Punk madness to start the show. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Swerve and Keith Lee, but we'll get to it. Yes. Let's talk about the AEW card then and run it. Do we want to go from front to back? Uh, here's what we'll do. Here's where we'll start this. On a scale of 1 to 10, what did you rate this show? Cole, you first. I would say, <laughs> as I'm chewing a cupcake now. Is whoop, it as good? It go. Is it as good as that you cupcake? Know, my birthday's in a couple. My birthday's in a couple days, so it tastes great. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I would say for an AEW show, maybe my expectations are pretty high. I'd say around maybe five or six. Mm. Um, I didn't feel like the show as a whole really carried the same kind of weight that we've had some shows in the past, especially narratively. Um, I think controversy aside with uh, CM Punk here, um, I don't agree with the finish. Um, it's to, just to me, just like seeing a guy kind of magically heal from his his foot injury that cost him a match and got him squashed in two minutes to have him win. And in my eyes, I don't think CM Punk looked terrific in that match i think he he looked a little slow he, he kind of looked a little slow in the hangman page match too especially when he tried the buckshot lariat yep. um so i didn't agree with the finish um i think i i definitely have some some matches that are definitely standouts and i feel like we'll get to that in a little bit yep. um as far as what were the best matches of the night because there was there was some terrific stuff here um definitely worth the price of admission because of just how many matches were on there but i and then everything everything aside from that, sure made it a memorable night. That's for dang sure. Whether it was good or bad, it sure was memorable. Yeah. If I was at Sporting News, this would be an A++. Mm. <laughs> I don't know my watch. To take a, <laughs> shout out to Sporting News. Um, no, I mean, I watched it. It wasn't horrible. Out of one out of ten, I'll probably say that it was a seven. Could have been an eight. This is the first time where I felt personally a crowd let down AEW. And maybe that's due to the length of the show. But their crowds, I, I think easily, it can't even be argued, have turned into the best crowds in pro wrestling. We've been to many of these shows live, never getting tired. The crowd hot, just in Vegas. Crowd's hot the entire time. Cole's texting us when we had to run and cover whatever fight that was. Cole is still in there having a blast. And that was a longish card, not this marathon. 
but it was still eight, nine matches. So I think there was a clear point where the crowd died, probably after the swerve Keith Lee tag match. And they really didn't recover until the main event, and then the main event, it's just weird. So seven? Seven. Started off great, though. Yeah. I give it a six, and I'm going to start with this, and then we can start doing these matches. The show could have been a lot better. The reasons why are very simple. Tony Comet has an issue that he has to put everybody on the show, even if they have nothing necessarily to do, which results in the FTR Wardlow six-man tag, totally unnecessary. unnecessary. Yep. You could have done that on a Rampage, and a Rampage would have been great. You could have done House of Black versus Sting Darby on Miro as the main event of a Dynamite or a Rampage. Yep. Instead, it was stuck on this show. The four-way for the women's interim title, the, that's where the crowd died. It wasn't because it was a bad match, because they were tired. Yep. So you had this show that had a lot of weird booking decisions. Uh, we're going to have to talk about Jay Cargill also. And the, they, have a, they, they are starting to have a problem. She is green as that paint she wore. She was green as a She-Hulk. <laughs> um, but this show was the first time that I watched an AEW show and came away with, all right, it was cool. Usually we leave, it was like, man, that was really great. Yep. We came away with MJF. Like, the, the Casino Battle Royal was great, until, and then MJF happened. It was like, all right, this is all confusing. I have so many questions yep. about this. Who's this Joker? Then the Joker's reveal, and it's like, didn't really hit the way that I wanted it to hit. I just don't want it to be retribution, man. Retribution, more uh, so than them, retribution scarred me. Yeah, it, <laughs> like, it was bad. I, I believe in AEW, but retribution, like, so close to this, it's a random collective of people. But the show had its highs. Like, when, they're, when they were going, they were going. I think that they have to make some very disciplined decisions on, you don't need to be on this show. We can put you somewhere else. And maybe talent won't be happy with that. But as we go through these shows this weekend, it's what the things that we hated WWE for, marathon WrestleManias, yep. marathon SummerSlams, now we're getting closer to that with AEW, where it's like, it's too much. Shout out to Phil, who's, who laid it out perfectly before he got out of here. The honeymoon is over. Yeah. And this was a company where everyone was supposed to come to be happy because everyone was miserable at the time it appeared in WWE. Yes. So it was like, come here and be happy. What is it? Give us your sick. Give us your poor. It was like, Elizabeth. Like, come here, and this is the, the land of opportunity. And you just realize you don't have enough bandwidth for that. And now you got to scale back. You can't be that. No. WWE couldn't hoard talent either. It's just not possible. Yep. So it's, it's tough. Tough. Um, I feel like the best way to go through these matches, and hopefully we all have like different answers to this, but if we have the same answer, so what? We'll just give our best match, our favorite match from the card, and talk about that that way. And then we'll give a match that kind of disappointed us. All right. I'll start with a match that disappointed me. I'm going to start with Jay Cargill and Athena. Oh, God. All right. So, pessimistic Dre. <laughs> I'm just going gonna, gonna to start first. here. All right. Jay Cargill versus Athena. The baddies had one job. It was to break up the pin. <laughs> it's a they, they completely blew it. Yeah. Which meant that Jade had to kick out of the, the finisher. What is the finisher called? What is Athena's finisher called? Cause it's not the Eclipse anymore. No. What, well, well, I can't the old think. face. Okay. But it forced Jade to kick out of this, this. But the bigger issue was the timing was off through this entire match. Athena is one of the best talents that you have in terms of workers. Yep. 
And if she can't get a great match out of Jade, where do you go from here? This is why I told you on the preview show, Jade, that you can protect Jade from Jade by giving her the TBS title. She ain't ready for the Thunder Roses and the Britt Bakers because if she has to carry that weight, the criticism will come super heavy. Right now, it's still passable. You can still get away with it. But you're running out of people for her to work with. Yes. The other issue with that is you no longer you don't have house shows, so she can't get her reps in. So without reps, you're kind of thrown on TV. And this match, because I was like, man, this sucks, because it made Athena look bad. Yeah. On social, she's been getting the reps. DB's been working with her in the background. Oh, like, But it's um, not the same as live action, it's right? Not, it's not the, the same. Adrenaline kicks in, you mess up moves. You got to go out there with live rounds. Ruby Riot took a live round. Oh, my God. We'll get to that in a minute. But this match was my disappointing match because I, I think Jade is incredible, but there's, she just ain't there. And now you have to move on from Athena, and where do you go from here with her? Man, we, her and Mandy Rose, I never think this. You look at them, that Mandy Rose, they got the titles around the same time yeah. or pushed into this picture around the same time. Mandy Rose, she's been wrestling a lot longer. Yes. But she was very bad for all those years. Has gone and actually made the most of it and working with better wrestlers and everything to where her matches are pretty decent now. Like her matches are cool. And she contributes to those matches. We haven't seen Jade build up and do that yet. She's really bad at working from under. She's, she's great when she's strictly offensive. She couldn't even sell that. That's what I'm saying. She really finish. struggles with that. So that's, that's my disappointing match because I think they're at a point where they have to figure out what to do with Jade because you can't just put her in there. You can't put her in there with Britt Baker and Jade. can't do that. Yeah. You got to protect her from her because once she gets into that picture, it's a whole other can of worms. And if she loses the title, all the cracks start to surface. So I don't know how you handled that, but that was my disappointing match. Cole, what match was your disappointing match? Uh, yeah, that's that. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, they're they're in, they're in big trouble, big picture with uh, with Jay Cargill right now. Um, and, no, and that's an easy fix. Be... That's where I disagree with Dre. That's an easy fix. <sighs> well, she just has to I, lose. I do you think they're no losing stats? Can Statlander get healthy? I don't agree. She just got to lose. Like again, losing shows cracks in the fissure. Like you have to keep her strong because that's the only way she works. Got to lose belt. It, that's not the answer right now. It's not. She's uh, but get I better. will say, yeah, I will say for for the for the sake of answering, I think I'm going to go with the ladder match. Um, I think, um, you know, I think we were all kind of wondering if if MJF would be the Joker. I I, I think uh, I I now wish in hindsight being 2020 that I in my brain I was like maybe MJ like shows up here and like really fully commit to that and I didn't I did not have the cojones to do so um but I don't know if that that reveal was just all so strange and it was for a match that I thought was going to be just all kinds of flippy dippy shit but I guess when when they put out the match card it didn't look like there was a real logical winner other than whoever the joker could be yeah so I guess I'm just disappointed in the booking of that match to feel like I don't feel like I was shocked by that. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like the way that the Joker walked out and just like the, the dimensions of him and just his strut, it just like I feel like I knew it was MJF right there. I don't know if that's a discredit to the, the costume or not, but um, I had a pretty good feel. It looked it just it looked like MJF. It just yeah. did. It just. Having someone else grab the chip or briefcase 
whatever, and they're not in the match, and then hand it to someone, it's like kissing your sister. It's, it's so good. Like, it just yeah. never goes over. I thought like, it was Scorpio Sky at first. I was like, oh, it's a black guy. It's got to be Scorpio Sky. Yeah. I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, I was like, oh, a black guy's grabbing Now this. it's Stokely. Stokely, though. And I was like, I have so many questions. And they're like, he's not the Joker. I'm like, wait, if Stokely's the Joker, I'm okay with this. And then you have him give it to someone, right? Like, wait, he's not the Joker? So he grabs it, and then the Joker comes out? It was very convoluted. Very, very, very strange. Kel, what was your disappointing match? You know, I was I was going to say Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns just to pop you, but <laughs> I, I won't do that. Um, it's it's going to be a weird one, but Lionheart Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. Because of the flat finish? Was my disappointing match. Um, this match felt too short, like it never got to hit that next stage. That next gear, I just looked at my sheet. It was 24 minutes. Yeah, it was long. And it felt like it was too short because they they never got to the story they were trying to tell. Right. And then I compare it, and this is like the exact same match to me. Where I have all these expectations and two guys. It's a dream match, kind of. You've seen them work before, and they, they're amazing, and it falls flat. Ends in the exact same way. Nut shot, finisher. Nakamura versus AJ Styles Styles at WrestleMania. Yeah, very disappointing. Flat. I had all these expectations. Flat. Yeah. That's how I felt with this match. I'm not saying Jericho didn't need the win. I guess I know where the story is going. Just not like it, it made no sense to me. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I'll agree with you there. And, and, and before we get to our favorite matches, I want to touch on Danielson. So I saw a lot of people was like, Danielson's being misused. And I was like, no, you guys don't. You clearly, this man had two absolute smackers with Hangman Page. He's worked fantastically with, like, Daniel Garcia. Uh, he's not being misused. He's doing what he wants to do, which is yep. wrestle. and Wrestle young, fresh talent. And, he's, and he makes them look great. It, that's not the issue here. This was one of the few matches where we were like, ah, it wasn't as great as we thought it could be. The story is getting in the way of a lot. Of, like, they're trying to put stories in here. I don't know what you do. Like, Danielson's fine. He's happy. Yeah. He's working what he wants to work. You can immediately elevate him if you really need to. You can break the glass, like you said. He's like, you want to put a title on him? Sure. Nobody's going to care, right? But <laughs> this idea that he'd be happier if he was in WWE, no, he was miserable there. Yes. And I, Not I mean, to say if he doesn't go back now, maybe it's different, but he just wants to be. Even towards the end. He wanted to elevate like a gable. Yes. He wanted to do all these things, right? Like, he wants to be a teacher he doesn't as care long about as a winning. wrestler. Yeah, he doesn't care about winning. No. All he cares about is Daniel Garcia. How do I get him over? Yes. The, the next generation. Yeah. That's, that's what he's concerned people. with. Um, he still has that place here. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's do our favorite match tonight. I'll start because there's, I, I figure there's going to be only two answers to this, this question. Damn near. I love the trios match. That's a, and even though I know you guys are going to say the acclaim to Swerve and Keith Lee, totally fair, totally fair. I ordered my scissor me daddy ass t-shirt. Oh my god! <laughs> but I thought I thought this trio match was so good because the way the brackets were set up for weeks, I kept saying how how are they going to top what they were doing? The near fall that John Silver had on Kenny Omega from the One Ring Angel, 
I jumped out of my seat. Because I was like, oh, my God, they're going to have Silver go over. And at that point, the way the match was going, I was like, I'm perfectly fine with the Dark Order winning. Mm-hmm. In this whole thing, I was like, ah, there's no way the Dark Order can win this shit. But this match was fantastic. The Bucks, Omega looked like he put on like 15 pounds from Wednesday to this week. Everywhere except the one arm. Yeah, he's got a small arm. Got a tiny chicken wing. But this was, I, I absolutely love this match. Even though Omega and the Bucks won, I thought there's so much you can do here because now you can go to the House of Black, or you can, even though the House of Black lost, which is inexplicable to me. But, yeah. but I think this was my favorite match because they just – they all worked really well together. In the Dark Order, I think Danny Acosta said it. He was like, every six months, they remind you why they're still a group. Yep. <laughs> and in, in this particular match, I was like, yep, yep. Hangman has added so much to that dynamic. He's, he's great. Hangman's, Rest in peace, Brody. But, like, Hangman. Is- yeah. Ha- Hangman's been fantastic. But Kenny Omega was great. The Bucks were great. Some of the offensive transitions. That was my match of the night. No, I can't knock that one. Oh? Uh, oh, by the way, Malachi Black looked like he did a car- curtain call. They didn't show it on thing, but there's fan video afterwards. And there were reports of him just wanting to step away and ask for his release due to, like, just to get his mentals right and everything. So we'll see how that plays Actually, out. Actually, there's three matches that could be matched tonight. I didn't talk about it because it was on Zero Hour. You know what match I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was your match. Yeah. yeah. That was- oh, Cole, what's your match? We had, we had a lot of people slapping a lot of people this weekend. Uh, a lot of, lot of slapping. slapping. A lot of slapping, a lot of chopping. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I got to go with Swerve and uh, Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed. I think this is, and 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 I think the angle I want to take on this is that uh, is part, partially from the scrum in which there were some people in that front row of the scrum going like, well, did you consider uh, making an audible on this right. because of how hot the Acclaimed were? Did you consider like making a change to this because of how hot the Acclaimed were? I don't think people understand that, like, even them losing here, they benefited so much from this match. This match, to me, from a working perspective for the Acclaimed, obviously they've nailed the promo part. Everybody loves the Acclaimed. Everybody loves when they come out and Caster does the rap and Scissor Me Daddy ass. They're so over with that. They got that part. What what is our criticism of the acclaimed has always been? Well, then they have their matches and yeah, it's it's okay, right? It's not it's not a bad match. It's not it's not anything to write home about. This caster lifting Keith Lee, <laughs> uh, doing the attitude adjustment essentially, and I think John Cena ended up actually like taking a picture from that and putting it on his Instagram. <laughs> Did doing the attitude adjustment to Keith Lee like? That was a, that was amazing, and they didn't need to win that match to get over. And and I think what's what the benefit of how Swerve and Our Glory works is because they're both so good and so talented, they can play any role in any given situation. And that makes that's a really really underrated skill as a champion. To you come out, you read the crowd, and you can play off of that because they didn't necessarily go into that match as like heels, but they started playing it off like yep. they were heels. Next thing you know. Billy Gunn's coming over and Swerve's giving him the DX chop. Like they were totally comfortable in that space of being booed. And they were like, cool. That, that just, that's a hot crowd. That's not a, that's not a, they're supposed to be doing this or they're not supposed to be doing this. Let's just play into it. And they win, they retain the titles. I have no problem with that. And to me, it still made the acclaim look like a million bucks. And I think this sets up something down the road. I don't know if grand slam acclaim Swerve in our glory too is the answer to that, but I think it still it gives the acclaimed 
it gi- it gives them their signature match. I don't think they really had one up to that point. Yeah, but, and before I get to you, I want to say this real quick. I know the company has problems at top at the top yep. with Punk and the Bucks and everything, but I hope they see what they have with Swerve right now, because Swerve was like the heel in that match. Swerve's always a better heel, by the way. He, but he was like the heel. And if you watch the post-fight media scrum, he was the heel in that. You can, the losing, and we'll talk about Punk and everything as we close out the all-out segment of this, but you can lose them if you, if you know what you have. Yep. You have someone with Powerhouse Hobbs. You have someone with Ricky Stark. Swerve can be one of your top heels in this company. And I think he proved it by figuring out, like, hmm, I need to switch up what I'm doing here. Yep. Keith might be the same way. He could be your monster heel. But could I think be, but he was still very nice yeah, about it. But I think Swerve has there's just something about him that that gets it. And then he's just a different kind of worker. And yes, this was a fantastic match, but I think if you're Tony, you gotta look at him like shit, I might have to do something else with Swerve at some point. I think that's some point is now. Um Swerve's my dude. You know, been on the show. I think I play him in Madden in like two days. So Swerve's incredible. He's great. Always thought he was a better heel. The claimed have arrived. Yeah. Run it right back. Give them the belts. The worst thing you can do in pro wrestling, in my opinion, is miss the moment. Yeah. Is not strike when the iron is hot. Swerve is going to be fine. Keith is going to be fine. They have long careers. They've won titles. You heat them up tomorrow. They understand how to go. This gimmick, this moment, daddy ass, it's only going to live in a vacuum. Strike while the iron's hot. You run it back, you give them the belts. I don't know if you do that. But carry on. What was your favorite match of the night? My favorite match, not, not Ishii. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that was great. It was big man chopping each other. My Favorite match is kind of off the beaten path because it was so short, but it was done perfectly. Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks. It's the perfect case of just doing what's right. No bells, no whistles, none stupid. Granted, there's better in-ring, longer matches. But this could have went very bad if someone was booking this differently. If a different producer wanted this to be a 20-minute banger, like, that was not needed here. This was Powerhouse Hobbs is dominant, and he's going to stay dominant. And Ricky Starks has to be sympathetic and build from his missteps. Truly take him down to rock bottom. Make the crowd feel his pain and rocket him up. It's perfectly done in five minutes. Yeah. Not 25. I saw people being critical of this, but I, I called this, remember? Yeah, I was like, it's pro wrestling. Mention the neck. Powerhouse squash him. Yep. Ricky Starks will be fine. Powerhouse Hobbs needs that push. Yep. Starks has got it. He's oh, good. He's, he's good. He's good. So he, he cut one promo about this, and yeah, he was good behind him. So um, before we move on, because, you know, we got other wrestling to talk about. That we do. Well, let's talk about this main event real quick, because we all predicted different things. I wanted Punk to go heel. He didn't. I think they fucked up. I think there was a lot of things that they blew with this. Because there's, there are a number of ways you could have gone. Now, let's hypothetically say 
that the beginning of this show remains the same. MJF gets the chip. He's the Joker. Now, if you wanted to keep Punk babyface, why wouldn't MJF just cost him the match? Because we've already seen Punk and MJF, right? Yep. Mox, I, I, as I watched the match, I was like, Mox, you should win this match. As the match was happening, I was like, we're in a bad spot right now because, yeah, Punk is over. But if you're not turning him heel and you're just getting the title off of Moxley, what is that? What did you just do to Moxley? Now, MGF comes back. We already saw this with him and Punk not too long ago. Yep. So in order to move around the idea that you now have to give the title to MGF is what everybody's thinking, personally, which I think is a bad idea. Because the biggest problem you have with MJF right now is he's being treated like a babyface. He flipped off the crowd. They was like, we don't care. You want to <laughs> but the only way you can turn him heel, have him attack Punk. Have him cost Punk that match. Fuck it, run another injury angle on Punk. Seems like you don't want to be there anyway for right now. Lo and behold, if rumors are correct. Right, you would have got there anyway. <laughs> you would have got there anyway. But you're hurt. I think you're hurting everybody involved. Like that main event didn't help anybody. MGF doesn't come out better because now he's been completely overshadowed. Mox is just, he was just hold, keeping the belt warm. And Punk's got it, but he might have to give it up again because of injury. But the it, other issue is, as I'm watching this match, and then I'll let you guys jump in on this, I'm going, maybe Punk's not totally healed. He's moving slow. It's going to look funny if you put him in there with somebody like Kenny Omega right now. Yes. And Punk doesn't need the title. I get it. Like you, He sells out, but you can do that anyway without the title. He doesn't need it right now. I just, that whole, that whole thing, when it ended, I was like, that, ugh, I wasn't a big fan of all that. I can understand from that perspective, but also, how old is Punk, 43? He's, he's 43. Now, now then when? No, 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 I, I get it, but the injury is the killer for me. As soon yes. as he got hurt, you were like, ooh. And I made this joke in, in our group chat. Like, he's, he's about as fragile as an egg in the earthquake right now. Like, you're going to break it. Right, and it's it's become risky because you already come off the broken foot, and you had to get the title off it, which makes the squash match even more questionable. Yep, because what, nobody gained anything from this now. Like nobody comes out this thing looking better. So I agree with you. And I'm 50, sorry, fifty fifty booking. Yeah, I agree with you. If not now, when? But as soon as he got hurt, maybe Moxie should have squashed him, and maybe Moxie should have just beat him again, because it's just I don't know. Like injuries suck, and they make you book bad. In AEW. In WWE, somehow this shit works. How about you don't need that first match? How about you just had Mox squash him at the pay-per-view? Yeah, they, well, they, they, I know the concern there. It's in Chicago. The crowd would have nuked it. Freaking Moxley. Who cares? They, they would have nuked it. I, but no, I get the concern. I'm not saying I disagree. Yeah. I get the concern. But so it's just one of those things where now you're stuck off of what, and Cole explained it, was a pretty mediocre main event. And it it doesn't help that there's videos of Kenny Omega. It's like, come here, brings the camera close. It's like, boys in the back, top that. Yeah. Like, he's talking shit to the people in the back. And that's when, one, that's when you know you're really good. Because you still got a lot of people coming up behind you that can wrestle. But he's just like, no, like, there's, there's a lawlessness at that company. Where I'm not saying stuff should be scripted tightly. 
I'm not saying like you need a madman controlling every aspect of it, but it's like no one's controlling any aspect of it. And everyone has a hot mic and everyone has a hot cam. And you just go off the rails and just go to Gorilla and be like, sorry, Tony. And just keep it moving. Well, so I think we can move on after this. I think I mentioned earlier, I think Tony Khan's got to make some decisions about what kind of boss he's going to be. Because being friends with everybody's not working. Yeah. Because now you have no more hugs. Yeah, you can't you can't hug everybody like you just made to look like an ass by everybody in your company, right? It's not it's not just Punk. The Bucks and what what Kenny Omega did that's not excusable either. Ace is biting people. Well, like, like I said, man, the man came, cursed, slapped somebody, <laughs> bit. He's got to go. But you have to make a decision. Like you can't get passes. People are saying, oh, it's over. But again, I just saw this man retired this year. Yeah. There is no story bigger than that. No, there's no story, and the company is fine. Sasha and Naomi walked off a live television, criticized for it, rightfully slow. Not so them. Did Brock. Not not them. But I'm talking. About, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ar- that, arguably their biggest star. Right. But it, but it's like these things happen. You can recover from them, but you have to alter your management strategy and your approach to your talent because you cannot let the inmates run the asylum. At the end of the day, end out, and we'll talk about WWE. And this goes right into it. The difference is. Nothing's crumbling in a day, right? It's not going to happen. Money and stats rule all. Vince was gone. If Trip takes over, and those are three horrible shows in a row, and you get down to one million ratings on Raw, shit hits the fan. Yeah, Stuff has gone up. Steadied the ship. Same thing with AEW. You're fine. If for any reason, you guys will know more when you're listening to this show than we know now. Punk is gone. The ratings dip maybe for a week. You figure it out. You do some dope with a vacant title now. You do something really cool and the ratings go right back up. No harm, no foul. Steady the ship. If shit plummets, we <laughs> we're in rough territory. Because money. And stats rule all. Yeah. And that's when Turner or whatever, that's when they're going to be whatever media group is there. They're going to be like, um, yeah, Tony, <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. They got some shit they got to fix. I think they'll be okay long run, but they got they have to figure it out. Better do well. Let's go into WWE uh, for our last hour. So we'll do W or a half hour. Yeah. WWE and NXT. Start with Clash at the Castle happened Saturday in the UK. Not going to the pre-show, but here we can kind of go match by match because it's not going to take long. Damage Control versus Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Well booked. Starting off the show. I think it was great. I am surprised, and I want to hear what Cole thinks off rip, but Bianca took her first pin all year in this match. That's, uh, it's saying something, because now it adds a lot of intrigue to that well, Bailey feud, right? I mean, it's saying you need three people to do their finishers to beat me. That's right. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's what it's saying. But, I mean, Bailey now has that, that air of, like, yo, I pinned you once. So it's, it was an interesting dynamic, because I always thought, like, oh, they'll pin Oscar. I, don't know. I thought they would pin Alexa. Yeah, so it's like, whatever. That's what they're in the match for. Nope. So interesting booking decision. 
But immediately, 19 minutes off the bat. I was surprised this kicked off the show. But I was fine with the match. Again, Bianca losing the way that she lost, I was like, 19 right. minutes? Like, oh, we're at takeover. Yeah, they, were, they, they got a chance to go. Cole, what would you think of the match? Uh, yeah, but booked, uh, booked perfectly, made Damage Control look like a million bucks. Damage Control is a million bucks. <laughs> Bailey is a million bucks. I mean, it's uh, the, the crowd... The best part of that match had to be the crowd uh, chanting at Bailey for Bailey as Bailey looks at the crowd and goes, No, we don't do this anymore. I don't like this at all. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's just like, and like other people would have gotten that and not known how to react. Bailey knew exactly what to do. Um, yeah, I thought this match was great. Uh, I did think initially, uh, like when it happened, I was like, Oh. You pinned Bianca, and then slowly but surely, it was like, wait a second, this makes a whole lot of sense. And like they did, and again, they did it in a believable way where it was all right. The team was able to finish her off, but when they go one on one, can she do the same, yeah. Chelsea? And they doubled down on it on Raw. Yep. So they explained it, and Bailey is like, no, we're not going to have this match right now. Like I already beat you. I call the shots. Smart way to play it off. Going on a listen. This is the ledge. This is where I'm going. It's bold. Match of the weekend. This is not bold. This is the match of the weekend. Gunther 100%. versus Sheamus. I, I, I told you. I was like, and first, first and foremost, for those of y'all listening to the podcast last week, I said we haven't seen the true Walter match. No. Here's the funny part. We still haven't seen it. <laughs> There's still so much. There's still another level of violence that people have not seen. But yep. this match was phenomenal. I encourage everybody, go out of your way to watch this match. And for whatever, even if you're AW Mark, you hate WWE, shame on you. Because these two beat the shit out of each other. And Imperium returned. Yeah. Just give Walter his music back. <laughs> That's all. Because I'm, and imagine. I called that on the last show. You need a three, you needed yeah. three guys. Yeah. You bring somebody back. But that all they needed was that entrance. Could you imagine that white hot, hot crowd with the original Imperium entrance oh. singing along? Oh. But this, this was phenomenal. You didn't go off a ledge. This was the – and I love the trios match. I thought the trios match was excellent. Yes. But this is a different level. This is violence. Again, when it's one-on-one, it just holds a little bit more weight to me. And – You can't lean on anyone else. And you know the other thing that you did? You have started to cement Gunther as probably the only guy that could beat Roman Reigns. Close. That they weren't heel-heel – which I'm not sure Roman. Well, we're, and we're, we're getting away from Roman being a heel. I, I told you, the maximum male models added another. The maximum male <laughs> Samoan models added yes. another member. Yeah. These guys are very hard to boo. Yeah. Even in the UK, they're like, ah, oh, fuck, we got to boo him? All right, yeah. cool. But this match, yeah, this was my match of the weekend. Cole? Talk about press conferences. Real quick, Cole, before. Oh. Press conferences? Before Punk stole the press conference shine, Roman. <laughs> well, I love that they did a press conference. But it's, it's Roman coming, sitting down. Just looking at the media, acknowledge me. Yep. One reporter was like, I do acknowledge you. Alex. Yeah. And he was like, damn right. And then just leaves. <laughs> he just takes both belts and bounces. <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy's a million bucks. Cole, do you agree with this was the match of the weekend? T- Tony's like, boy, I wish I had that press conference. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> 17 yeah, seconds of punk. hundred <laughs> percent from start to finish. This was this, this. We'll be talking about this at the end of the year. I, yeah. I 100% believe that. Uh, this was just 
two dudes just beating the shit out of each other, which is funny. We were bringing up, we were talking Kingston and Ishii just a little bit before that. And it, it's too bad that that followed that because <laughs> there was no topping Sheamus no. and, and Gunther. So, and from, from start to finish with them kind of recreating their, their, uh, their moment uh, earlier in the week of them just staring at each other, yep. staring each other down while all the chaos is going on around them with uh, Imperium and uh, and Butch and, and Ridge. The Brutes. Um, that was amazing. They were there to beat the shit out of each other. And I got to say, uh, like, as much as uh, this, this match, obviously, this is like, I think this is probably... If you're if you are really hardcore into WWE, you're going to know who Walter Gunther is, right? But this is his first, like, really his first match showing you on regular WWE television, like, this is what this dude is all about, and this is what everyone else has been talking about. Yeah. And man, oh man, did he put on a hell of a show! But flowers need to go to Sheamus because yeah. <laughs> Sheamus was there to put it on, put on a show right back at him. I mean, he was just waiting. as violent, just as brutal. <laughs> And and not only that, boy, what, did he have the perfect skin complexion for this match? <laughs> Incredible! I that mean, man's going to be red for a month. The, that dude looked like he hung out in the sun for eight hours without sunscreen. I mean, he took so much punishment there, and for him to do that in Cardiff, get the—I uh, mean, he was so over with the crowd, and to get that reception from the crowd at the end, uh, for a guy who's been doing this for a long time, and for him to have a uh, a match like this this far into his career when he doesn't necessarily have to have a match like this i feel like his legacy in the company is pretty cemented as as far as international products coming over to the wwe um for him to have this moment uh was really 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 special so uh, yeah this is a match that like you that, like this match would have been great anywhere else but time and place plays a part in this and i think it being in cardiff it being Gunther and Sheamus together, Sheamus getting the reception, getting his flowers at the end of the match was, was, you know, time and place. Perfect. Three, three years straight for Walter, by the way, match of the year contention. Yeah. Him dragging off was my match of the year. One, him dragging off two, where he lost match of the year contention. Now this year, These three straight years and impeccable. And then we have Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. All right, let's make this quick, man. They, they got to figure this shit out because, like, they, they tried to say, oh, you, she's been working with Riddle with the grappling, but her offense ain't it. Liv Mor- they have a, a Liv Morgan problem, and it's not Liv Morgan's fault. She's, she put tiny. Her, she's tiny, but even Rey Mysterio knows how to have impactful offense. Yeah. Liv doesn't, and it's not her fault. They've booked her poorly. And she goes over clean, and she still looks like a goober. So it's like, uh, I don't know what they do with her. I, was, I, hated, I hated this match for yeah. her. Yeah, that was this was tough, and 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 the the overselling of the injury, and just her like wailing every time it got hit, and then she would like use it the very next time. Like yeah. it was it was tough to really like settle in and 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 be believable that she was gonna like kick Shayna Baszler's kick Shayna Baszler's ass because Shayna Baszler is that, that she's she's bad. Like you do not want to fuck with Shayna Baszler. So I don't. I agree with Dre. It's not her fault. No, this is again. I Time don't think Shayna Shayna Baszler was not the correct heel no. to put her in a match with after Ronda. That was not it. No. They needed they needed somebody else 
They needed a, a heel Alexa Bliss would have been absolutely freaking perfect for her. Someone who's a foil, someone who could get under her skin verbally and then like beat her with believable offense. She needed something to warm up to this. I think this was too soon. You know, it's weird because I know it's great to give her someone her size where it's believable. But I would have leaned the other way. This is where you miss someone like Anaya Jax yeah. to give her the big show sure. spot. Like yeah, no. you win the belt, you get the big show spot. Yeah. Like small person going over on the really big person. Or at least win with like cunning. You yes. Know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Have, like, like be, be able to use her size against that, that her. Role like, is, oh, I'm a, you know, yeah. Yeah. that role is missed and uh, be behooved to not mention a, a big guy who returned on Monday Night Raw. Choo choo. Yes. Braun Strowman came. He saw. He tripped. He botched. <laughs> but <laughs> doing monster numbers, pun intended, on social media for his return. You're like, oh, my God, Braun's back. It doesn't fit in Triple H's mold. There's always a spot for a very athletic big guy. He doesn't have to be at the top like Vince tried to shove him into. But this guy has a great role if he can keep it because there are champions where he can make them look like a million bucks and then terrorize the mid-card in between. To keep him, like, hot enough for the champion to beat him. So that's what the women's division is kind of missing. Nia Jax served that role very well when she was there. Next up. And uh, and I tell you, I tell you what, parking. if you thought parking lots were not safe in WWE or any wrestling television, now the cars aren't even safe in the parking lot because Braun Strowman's back. He's going to start safe. flipping cars again. <laughs> Nothing is safe in the parking lot. It's just it's madness. It's like this Blue Wire parking lot, right, Cole? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Then we have Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic in their corner versus the Judgment Day. We don't have to talk about the match. It happened. Finally. But I think they blew it. On Monday Night Raw. By putting it with Judgment Day. He looks great. He looks great. Don't get me wrong. And I get it. Like the whole Rhea Ripley thing. You kicked my ass. And now, yeah. She's his poppy. Yeah. But (laughs) all I care, the the, the mullet was heel. He had to go heel. He's heel. He's supposed to work edge, but they this this was the right decision. The match was fine. I don't care, but the the, the lariat that he hit his father with identical to Eddie's. Yeah, very well done. Thank God somebody's got some sense. Finn Balor maniacally laughing at him yeah. became the gif of the weekend. Yep, used for many AEW <laughs> moments later on in the weekend. Cole, anything to add? Do you like? Not like? Um, also, uh, shout out to him kicking Edge so hard in the balls that his shoe <laughs> fell off. Uh, that an unintentional, amazing touch. Yeah, uh, yeah that that and the lariat look like Adam came out of it looking like a million bucks. Yeah, um, I hated that they cut to a shot of the Judgment Day like cackling and laughing. I'm like, guys, you lose all the time. Yeah, I don't know it. how. You get people into your group and convince people you're all bad and stuff when you lose Constant. all the time. Yeah. We got to fix this. Like, it's oh. like we've got to make them dominant if you're going to yeah. have me believe that, like, they're running the show. They don't do shit. No. Other than the Rhea old guys on the mic. Because Rhea on the mic's be. great. Yeah. This is yes. Rhea's faction, by the way. It is. Yeah. Not Finn's faction. No. It is Rhea's faction. And then we have Seth. Freaking Rollins versus Matt Riddle. <sighs> this was almost match of the weekend. This I love this match. This match was incredible. I mean, this let, might be. Let's uh, just lay it out there really quick because we got other stuff to get to, and then you guys can comment on it too. Seth pissing off Riddle so much that he forced him to make mistakes. 
was the most brilliant storytelling that you like. Seth Rollins pulled this match off because yeah. he he pissed off Riddle at every turn to force him to make a mistake to the point where he grabbed a chair, blew it, and hit an avalanche curve stomp. <laughs> Seth Rollins is incredible. This guy can lose, and it doesn't matter. No, this and now that Triple H is there, like I know he's like, oh my god, I'm gonna get Wrestler of the Year. Fuck you guys. Damn near. Well, Maybe not this year. It's like, next yo, year, every match I'm getting. Is 18 to 20 minutes. This guy's cooking, man. He's, <laughs> he's on fire. And Riddle looked great. He did. Even in losing. Yeah. Keep it going. Because we're going to do it in Extreme Rules. That's exactly what I... Listen, run it, run it back. Uh, I think parts of, parts of the, uh, the start of this match, especially the ring walks, I think there was a missed opportunity. I think this was a good time for Matt Riddle to ditch the scooter. Um, mm-hmm. I think he should have like come out and just been ready for violence. Like Again... This guy went on TV and called him a bitch ass, talked about his family not wanting to see him anymore. Like, this dude cut to the freaking bone on Matt Riddle, and he still comes out. He's, oh, dude. Like, okay, I get that's his character. You get you want to do the bird graphic thing that still looks horrible. It was fish. Um, It was fish this time. It was fish. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, You're right. It was fish. Um, But, like, this is a chance to, like, amplify him getting an edge and and maybe they're waiting to to do this when they have an extreme rules match which i think we all agree that's where this is going but yeah how how over must you be when you can say that shit in a promo and the whole crowd oh oh, a whole match for seth rollins and also seth rollins coming out in the elton john gear yes oh my (laughs) god Impact. That I I pop I popped and I had to pause the stream like God damn he did this and he's I what can what can you say about Seth Rollins locked I, in I, he can, he somehow is like both like properly rated and underrated all at the same time it's yeah. just like the dude just knows how to show up every 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 time he's on the card I never get upset because I go I know I'm getting 100 percent something good yep. yeah. from Seth Rollins real real quick before we get to this main event. Another problem, like you mentioned, Elton Jonathan, you just jarred my memory. AEW paid for the Rolling Stones Sympathy for the Devil. Oh, incredible. And we, but we're not song. talking about it anymore because yeah. of CM Punk. That's all no, I got to say about it. Incredible that. song, incredible entrance for like MJF coming out in the devil mask. Like, they blew it. I don't even know how much they had to pay to license that. I don't know. Got to yeah. be a, a con family friend. All right, let's, let's get to this main event. And I just want to say it's so great to see Solo Sokoa because now, now this bloodline just looks indestructible. Only one more to go. Who? Naomi. Well, it's just one more to go. Well, you got to get her back to work first. That's it. Um, <laughs> like, bring, bring her home. But I thought this match was, it wasn't great. It was good. The, 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 uh, the Drew McIntyre interest was fantastic. The, there are a couple of near falls that were incredible. I know a lot of people were like, I, I thought Drew should have went over. And I'm like, no, this is Roman's time. Yes. And you introduce Solo Sokoa, so now the bloodline is, is thorough. And now you have a reason to get rid of Sami Zayn. How dare them? But Acknowledge now, this man. Yeah, but now you got you can get rid of Sammy because you got Solo there. Oh. There's there's so many ways you can go to this. But yeah, man, acknowledge the man. It was a good match. It wasn't the match of the weekend, but it was a very good match. Yes. And then yeah, Sammy Rift continues, and KO had an amazing Monday Night Raw. Yep. Him versus Theory I, was the highlight of Monday Night Raw. And Austin Theory won. He got his first name back. Kevin Owens recognized that, and Austin Theory held his own. Theory, being unable to cash in, is now the new joke. <laughs> he got snuffed by Tyson Fury. Yep. 
was which, and then messed up on his lines and blamed his jaw in the punch, which is incredible. Yeah, good thinking, Austin Theory. But yeah, love, I thought this match was really good. Clash of the Castle was my favorite show this weekend. Yep. It was the brevity of it. The crowd was hot. They, aside from Liv Morgan, every match pretty much delivered, it, either in storyline or in match quality. Yeah, and it, it's totally fair to say that to me. Acknowledge that man. He's he's not going to win win any wrestler of the year awards. No. I don't think. No, but, but he is work. the man in professional wrestling. Yeah, out of any company, can't say he's not. Yes, I mean that that final stretch of you know play more kick out. It was just it was very well done. Drew kicking out of the spears. Oh, very well done. Amazing match. Um, we're going to NXT before we get out of here, dude. Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes. Rick O'Shea. If there was no Gunther, if there was no Trios match, like this match was so good. If and if you if you're looking at this and going, that's not your champion. That that's your champion. I know that Braun's your guy, and the Braun Bait match was really good, and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you look at Carmelo Hayes and it's like that's not your guy, he is. Boy, he is the guy. Looks like a million bucks. Looks, works, trick adds to it. Just this was this was a fantastic opener. Cole, what do you think of the NXT opener? Oh, I mean, this was as soon as they announced it. It was like, what? What did I? What did I do to deserve this? Did I? Did I win something? Did I? <laughs> did I? Did would I get a cookie? Like what? What happened? Like as soon as like Ricochet came out, and it, it was. Definitely a weird NXT, but a good NXT too, with all the people kind of coming back and kind of converging. Um, I do think it was weird that uh, uh, Butch Dunn suddenly went back to being the Butch character for the Clash, Clash of the Castle <laughs> after he gave Tyler Bate the kind of inspirational speech. Um, but yeah, this was so good. I mean, just they're both, you put Carmelo Hayes, who is already a superstar on the rise. And you put him in a match with a guy who can go toe to like can do step for step. If anything, can do he's he's quicker than that. He's gonna teach Carmelo Hayes the ropes a little bit here. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. I mean, this is Carmelo Hayes is a, is a superstar. That's there's just yeah. no question about it. And I'm in no rush to bring him up. No, he it, can establish your NXT 2.0 yep. as something that you must watch. And yeah, like you said. Great from start to finish. Ricochet didn't look weak. No. Good match. I, I like the storytelling. Them both going for springboard cutters and, and crashing. <laughs> and oh, it was great. It, it's, it was great. This Tell was you great. what, that's uh, t- Tyler Bate and Carmelo Hayes should get in the ring. Oh, That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. That's, that's money. Next up, so proud of this. Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Elimination Match. Hey, they got uh, what, what's the name of them? Out of there quick. And I was like, yes, Briggs and, oh, and oh, Jensen. Yeah, Jensen and Briggs, which really just beer money. <laughs> just, I mean, this is beer a, money 2.0. It's a broke ass beer money. Um, yeah, so they were out of there quick and they, they had the belts. But the Creed brothers look amazing, as always. I mean, Gallus looked good. Yeah. For when they were in there, I thought it played out perfect to how it should. There's some dissension in Diamond Mine, obviously now. That's Gabe Stevenson's brother. Gabe Stevenson's brother is a savage, yeah. right? Like he just randomly turns on all of them. Somebody beat up Roddy. Maybe he beat up Roddy. Maybe he's like going like super heel. Yeah. 
I don't know. Roddy shouldn't be. They got to get Roddy the hell out of there. But pretty deadly wins. I thought. Those are my boys. I was totally fine with the match. It wasn't like outstanding, but I think they got to where they needed to go. They wore lace. You can't deny these men. They're not even crop tops. They wore lace shoulder sleeves. Those guys. That's my new new tag. Like, I like 2.0. I I like all the weird tag teams. These are my guys. So they deserve both. Both of those titles, they took a me amazing picture on Instagram where they're just like eating fruit in bed with the titles on them, hair luxury, luxuriously flowing. So, uh, Cole, I'll pitch you. Third member. Pretty deadly. You got to go baby face again. But the hair is I, there. I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to look, look in those, uh, that, that shoulder lace. In the shoulder I lace? We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, uh, uh, <laughs> there's going to have to be a lot of work that, that, that happens before that happens. <laughs> I'll send some to that. your crib. Uh, you got no, Amazon, right? I'll, I'll Amazon Prime you some lace. Nah, we're good. Nah, it, it is a. I can't go out wearing that. I'm no, embarrassed. Not people, working, including myself. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Michael Satarama and Blair Davenport. I think the wrong woman won. I, I didn't need to see Mandy retain. She I'm didn't add a whole fun. lot to this match, and then she just kind of hit the knee, and it was like, all right, she did all right. I mean, I just feel like Toxic Attraction is ready to move on. Yeah, and and Sadamura could have stayed and could have been champion, but whatever. Bia Priestley was there to eat the pin. I called her yep. Bia Priestley. I'm sorry, <laughs> Blair now, but she's still Bia Priestley to me. She was there to eat the pin. Whatever match was, yeah, it was what it was. Cole, yeah, I found I I yeah I found it. I'm not surprised that that they they took the direction of Mandy. I think they made this a triple threat on purpose uh, to to make that foil a little bit more acceptable. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I think again, I, I agree. I think Manny's ready to go up and play a heel role. There's definitely a role there that needs to be played. Again, this could have been a good foil for Liv Morgan. Um, oh, impeccable yeah. foil. I think, I think Manny Rose and Liv Morgan could have a really good program back and forth. Um, and Toxic Attraction would be a great foil going up there to the women's tag division, um, especially when damage control wins. I think Toxic Attraction might be able to get over as babyface in that. You never know. Um, we'll see. Uh, but I think, yeah, they're, they're ready to go. But also, I think maybe they're waiting to sort out uh, the Raquel and Aaliyah stuff with the tag titles and sure. figuring out how to get them on damage control, which they could have done in the first place. But and let them play someone it has Let's to it take that NXT out. title, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Someone has to be ready. Now you're stuck in a spot where it's like, well, who's going to be Brandy? And obviously it seems like it's going to be Roxanne Perez at some point, right? Like I she's, think it should. Yeah. She's sure. The, but we'll see. we'll see. And then we have <clears throat> Katana Chance, Caden Carter, Dewdrop, Nikki Hayes. Uh, we can kind of skip this. We can because, like I said, like it did nothing for me. Katana, they, they look like they're doing ballet. <laughs> nothing seems so believable. And to not have Nikki as come out as Nikki Cross in front of that crowd was a mistake. To not have Dude drop as Piper Nevin was a mistake. But on Raw, in the back of when uh, Control was walking out, Damage Control was walking out to do their promo, you see Nikki A.S.H. talking to Dude drop, and she, like, takes the mask off, throws it at her. Yeah, but, I mean, this is the crowd. I mean, like, you're coming back to NXT. Be your NXT sales No, again. but then you cut a promo. Yeah. I, we went down, and they reminded us of who we are. Whatever, let's move on. So, I, I, I'm not and Toxic Attraction came out afterwards. So, it's like, are they chasing those belts? Uh, yeah, I just, oh, whatever. Yes, so they might be stuck there for a little longer. Main event, Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bates. 
This, before we get out of here. This was a good match. Better, the best Braun Breaker match I've seen. The, all right. Braun wins. Still think Tyler Bates should have won. I still think Braun Breaker needs to turn heel. But the spear that Braun hit bait with at the end. Slice him out. Beautiful. <laughs> because the explosion on that was perfect. But Tyler Bates is, he's really good. Yes. Like, he's really, big strong boy. Really good. <laughs> uh, I just think, like, Steiner, I had, I had tweeted that Steiner's entering Rocky Maivia territory. And people were like, no, no, no. And I was like, my point is, like, he's going to be a better heel than he's ever going to be a babyface right now. Steiner is 25 years old. Yeah. Tyler Bates is 24. Which is crazy. All his accolades. He's 24 years old. He's incredible. The future, because we always look at AEW, we know their future. The future is Carmelo out. Hayes. <laughs> yeah, the, the future, for whatever shitty stuff 2.0 does, their future is still very bright. No, they, they have a ton of talent. I think if Triple H is looking at this show, which I feel like he absolutely had a hand <laughs> in this show, he knows what he has, which is why Briggs and Jensen got eliminated so quick. Yeah. You remember I said there's some people that are going to see Triple H and go, oh, fuck, the jig is up. Yep. People like that. But the people that deserve it, that have great matches, like they're not going to mess up with Tyler Bate. I'm sure we're probably going to get Tyler Bate and Carmelo yep. Hayes. I just, with, with Braun. I just I think Briggs and Jensen, they'll figure it out too. Yeah. It's just not your time right now. I'm cool. That gimmick goes over for everyone. Yeah, it will. So they'll, they'll make it work. Just not right now. Cole, last thoughts on this main event and NXT before we get out of here. That's a lot of wrestling. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that was a lot of wrestling. I think uh, we we all we all need a break, and we ain't getting one because CM Punk decided to create oh. some drama here. So, I mean, uh, look, it, it was, I, I think, for the most part, I don't think you could say there was a bad card between all three of them. Uh, I think I think definitely there were some that were better than others, but each had really good matches. I think there was a little something for everybody this weekend. I think there's a potential match of the year candidate this weekend. Uh, yeah, just that was a lot. And we're going to just keep going until this whole CM Punk stuff kind of figures itself out. Cole, it was 11 hours of pro wrestling Saturday and Sunday. And we led the show with a press conference. Yeah. That is the best way to sum this all up. Incredible. (laughs) Buckle up. Shout out Mindy's Bakery. (laughs) It's going to be one hell of a ride. And pro wrestling. I'm telling you, I joked with Dre earlier. I was like, yo, we might have to do a straight pro wrestling shows because it's just so crazy. But we'll be coming back later on in the week. Because we got to talk Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, baby. Yes. MMA and boxing shows later on in the week. So we appreciate you all. We truly do. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube. You can see our pretty faces. Thanks to Brian on the lights. Check that out as well. Producer Cole Bebe, Coltrane on all social media platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the win. Jeremiah holding it down in there today on the boards, making us sound good. I'm trying to figure out who else is in there. I don't think Ross is here today. Uh, so Nick, Nick is over there working the cameras. We appreciate everyone. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.